Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of What in the World. My name is Jake Lee and I am your host of this podcast. And today's episode is going to be a little different. Um, We're still going to talk about how God is moving, how God has used Elmbrook in the past um, to pursue his purposes. But today... I'm going to be sharing an interview that I was able to record when the mission team at Elmbrook went to visit some of our field workers. And we spent some time in Robert and Carol's uh, living room where we just sat down and had a conversation. And today I'm going to guide us through that conversation where we talked about how Worldview Resource Group uh, was started, or WRG. And this group uh, is one that is deals with coaching, consulting, and training global mission leaders um, in countries all around the globe. And they really focus on a story-based approach to cross-cultural ministry. And for those of you that listen to this podcast, you'll know that it's something I'm very passionate about and something I love to talk about is this idea of cross-cultural ministry and how we can do it well. And at the heart of that and of this ministry uh, that Robert and Carol helped start is this idea of worldview and having an understanding of people's worldview, how that can lead to a really healthy approach in how we pursue missions. But before we dive into... Uh, this interview that I'm going to be taking you through, I first wanted to give you a chance to hear from Robert and Carol, uh, one of their cultural blunders. I didn't realize that, I didn't know why in India, kids and grandkids and other guests were in the living room and I was sitting at the table and his wife just serving and serving more and more and talking, 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 vision, strategy, this, that, methodology. And we went on for, I don't know, like an hour, hour and a half. And I was supposed to eat and then we would transition into the living room and then all the other people would come and eat. And so, yeah, it was a big time cultural blunder. They're just sitting there. Um, I, I kept looking over and the kids were kept peeking around the corner and I kept saying how funny they were looking around the corner and he says, well, they're, you know, they're looking at the food and why are they looking at the food? And then he, then he said it to me. No, we've done, yeah, we've done a hundred things like that. Robert and Carol have been serving with Ethnos 360 for a number of years, where they and a couple of others became experts on training people in church planting, working cross-culturally, and then training up these church planters. And they were working with some people who had very deep amount of field experience, people coming out of New Guinea. But there was something stirring in Bob and Carol of wanting to do something more, feeling that there was something else God was leading them to do. Um, we decided that, okay, we think God wants us to launch something new. And so we decided, we decided to do it. We decided to give a one-year notice. After finishing their one-year commitment, Bob and Carol, along with a couple others, launched their new organization. At this point, it was very much in its infancy where they were getting together their curriculum and their training and developing this vision to be able to help people and church planters from different countries all over the globe to understand the worldview of those they were seeking to reach. But one of the things that became very apparent early on is that one of these original founding members needed to continue their education, and that ended up being Bob, who went on to get his doctorate in missiology. 
this proved pivotal for opening doors for them into multiple countries moving forward. Now we're going to hear from Bob as he explains how this degree began to open doors in different countries. And he also mentions a man by the name of George Walker, who was a renowned church planter who had huge depth and experience in how to cross cultures and how to do these things well. But even though we had all this experience, that wasn't necessarily what opened doors for them in specific countries. And we all knew that the real genius of this whole thing was George Walker. But in India, they wouldn't want to speak to George. They wouldn't want to speak to me, Dr. Strauss. So we just kept doing that combination. Uh, Certain times I would be in the lead. You know, it was like then George was my chauffeur. Other, Other time, George is in the lead and I'm his chauffeur depending on what the setting was and and what we needed to accomplish. What Bob is describing here is this different view on what is most valued to a culture. In certain countries like India, education and these positions of leadership are valued more than maybe actual experience at times. And in other countries, they could care less, like in Argentina, about what kind of education you have or your credentials. They just want to know what have you done. Each had varying things that they saw as more important and carrying more weight. And so this group, which was teaching on worldview, was now being forced to model switching how they approach things and adapting to each country's worldview as they sought to make new partners. This attitude of approaching each country uniquely and each partnership uh, trying to evaluate their worldview and understand what is the best way for us to come alongside them and bathing everything in prayer led to partnerships in South America, in India, and also many in Canada reaching First Nations people when there was very little outreach being done at this time or at least outreach that was taking into account their understanding of the world and worldview. But why is this different perspective needed to have success? What sets this group of people, this organization, apart from many others that train people on how to reach across cultures? And I want to turn to uh, another thing that Bob said in our interview that I thought was very helpful when he was describing how this played out in India. We did it so that we wouldn't look, look weird. We wanted to earn the right to bust up some of that stratification. Instead of just coming in, you know, like, who are we? Just out of nowhere, parachuting in, busting up stratification. So, no, we went with it. We went with it. And so everything from little tiny things like um, in India, whoever goes, whoever is the most superior goes through the door first. So I'm, I'll go up to a door and stand and wait for somebody to open it for me. And it seems it's, really it's weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to leave with the first shall be last and the last shall be first. I mean, that's, Eventually, yeah. <laughs> we might get there, yeah, I mean, but we don't, yeah. we don't lead with that. Yeah. We, we, <clears throat> we try to go in such a way that nobody notices anything because we're we're doing some things that might even be challenging some biblical principles. Yeah. At, you know, if, if we were really doing them as if we believed in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would walk into a room, <clears throat> pause, and wait for someone to come and get my backpack for me, to carry it up to the lectern. Was that hard? Terribly you, hard. I mean, I'm pretty 
myself in your shoes. The first time I did it, I fought the guy off. <laughs> I fought him off. Yeah. But yeah. I knew the way not to look odd, yeah. not to seem strange, the way to do it in such a way that they wouldn't even notice anything was for me to let that guy do that. How in the world? In this part of the podcast, we dive into how do we do mission? How do we follow God's command to bring about his kingdom well? What are the mechanisms we use? For this podcast, I felt it was very appropriate to focus on how do we view worldview in relation to culture? And the easiest way I can describe this is a surface level on water you have first a surface level of culture, and then you have the deeper level of culture, which would be worldviews and assumptions. So first off, the surface level is how most of us approach a new culture. We see patterns and behaviors that people have. We watch how they do things. We see the clothes they wear. We see the pictures on their shirts. We see the way they talk, the way they interact with each other, maybe with a handshake or a high five or a hug or some other gesture. And we judge these. We judge the way they dress, the way they carry themselves, the way they speak. But a lot of times what we miss and what we need to focus on is the deep level of culture, the worldviews, the assumptions, all of which lead to these patterns of behavior and this style of dress and speech. In order to effectively reach another culture, and even back it up, in order to effectively befriend someone from a different culture, you need to understand what is going on in the deeper levels, what is going on beneath the surface that is leading to all these patterns of behavior that maybe I don't understand initially. This is the attitude that one needs to adopt if you are going to successfully cross cultures. This has been How in the World. I'm also including one more example of how Bob changed so much about how he taught, about how he presented this information in order for people to hear it and to understand it. And then directly after that, I included a segment from Mike, our pastor, uh, responding to this method of teaching. Mm -hmm. But they're going to expect me to lecture. So the first day that I'm there in India, I'll go six to eight hours lecturing and nobody can say anything. And I know, that it, I know that it's weird and that it's not the right pedagogical approach. Not the most effective. No. Yeah. And then what we do, like to fit in culturally, like I never relinquish my guru role. And so I'll command people to be interactive. I'll say, uh, Pradesh, I want you to come to the Mark and White board now. Pradesh, come now. Yes, come. And I'll do it in that sort of voice. You know what I love is, is you're using the, the concepts of worldview and enculturalization yeah. that you're teaching in the context that you're teaching. Of the training, you know, right. You're, you're employing <clears throat> So that's kind of like this meta comment out yeah. here, right? If you yeah. stepped out and looked down at it, yeah. well, that's the meta view. And, and, and that's, so, that's so funny because I took a, a class on pedagogy from Trinity and the guy was talking about all these different ways to teach a class, but he taught the class the same way every time. He just went through his PowerPoint every single day, and it was the worst class ever. And I was like, this guy can't break out of his own model for teaching. Yeah, yeah. And he's teaching us different models of right. effective pedagogy. He's, he's lecturing you yeah. different models. 
I find this willingness and this, honestly, I would call it humility to be able to completely step outside of your own culture, to be able to fully adapt to the culture that you're in in order for people to be able to hear you. I just love that that posture and that mindset. And some things that I cut out that we, uh, Bob didn't mention is he also wouldn't sit with his students. He would only sit with the other doctors or the other professors, which in America, that's something he would have done regularly, but he switched and adapted in this culture to what was expected. And the one thing I really wanted to land on that I, I pulled this quote from Bob is like, sometimes we have to ask the question, is it necessary? Referring to what we are trying to teach. Like, it, for example, is it a foundational biblical concept? But also ask the question, is it necessary right now? There are certain things that are obviously true scripturally, but for me to come in as the outsider, as the foreigner, and demand that you suddenly adapt to this way I see things, one, I might be making assumptions about things that aren't biblical, that are just from my American culture or from whatever culture you're coming from. But then also there are things that, yes, they are essential, but you're not at a place yet where that's appropriate for me to insert that. That's something you need to maybe come to on your own or I need to first gain the respect. And one example of this is Jesus. When Jesus entered into our world, Jesus didn't immediately start changing everything. Jesus shook up a lot of stuff, but Jesus was also incredibly patient. And what better model for us to emulate after is the model of Jesus, of this patient, humble attitude that yes, there are things you need to change, but maybe you're not ready for them yet. And besides that, that's modeling after Jesus. And I am a human being. We all have so much baggage and things in our own life, in our own culture, which clouds our eyes that for me to just walk in and say, these are all the things you need to change is incredibly arrogant and also I can't see clearly and perfectly. I'm not God. And so that's why I think this approach of going very slowly, of being willing to adapt to the culture is a very wise one and is one of the reasons why World Resource Group is so different from so many others. So I really hope you've enjoyed this new take on an interview and I just really want to challenge you guys to start to apply some of these concepts to get out of your own head when it comes to seeing what is right and wrong culturally. Today, there are so many things we see on the news, things we read about, things we experience um, when we walk down the street that maybe seem foreign and different to us and we don't understand and immediately want to pass judgment on. But I would just encourage you rather than to immediately come down on these things as right or wrong, instead to be curious and to try to understand where do they come from? What worldview is leading to these actions and to these behaviors? And if you're just curious and want to learn more about Worldview Resource Group or what the ministry that Bob and Carol are part of, you should really strongly consider coming to Harvest Fest this year. Uh, Bob's going to be speaking on one of our weeknights. And Harvest Fest, if you don't know, is a longstanding tradition at Elmbrook Church where we celebrate uh, what God's doing, the harvest around the globe. The dates this year are October 16th to the 24th, where both weekends we're going to be focusing on mission and what God's doing. We also have multiple 
couple things happening during Monday and Tuesday night. There's going to be a global field trip where families are welcome. Well, not just families. I mean, I enjoy it myself where you get to take a little mini journey around the globe and learn about different places. And this is just a really good place to come if you are interested at next steps and how can you be involved in what God is doing and many of the things that we talk about in this podcast. So I really hope that you were able to draw some things out of this conversation that the mission department was able to have with Bob and Carol. It was really fun for us, and I hope you learned something as well. And this has been another episode of What in the World.